Hi. Hi. Welcome to Why Are We Like This, a Heart Stopper podcast. I'm Ashley, she, her. And I'm Alyssa, she, they. And today we're here to talk about episode seven, Bully. Boo. Boo. mm. (laughs) This one's tough. It's tough. This episode fills me with sadness and rage. I know, I know. Like always, this episode was written by Alice Oseman and directed by A. Ross Lynn. And according to Netflix and IMDb, this is the episode where after both Nick and Tao get into fights with Harry, Charlie worries that he's making Nick's life too difficult and straining his friendship with Tao. Or the one where I just cry a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's so sad. (laughs) Is it the saddest episode? Yes. Yeah. It's because even though there are sad parts in the other episodes, there's not like a good uplift in this no, one. Like it's it ends just sad. It ends so sadly. And so it's like, yeah, it has to be the saddest episode yeah. for sure. I'm just sad or mad the whole time. Yeah, I get really angry. That's a lie. There's one part where I'm not sad or mad, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. The one highlight. <laughs> one highlight. <laughs> Um, Okay, so before we get into the episode, I did want to read off some of our responses we got um, to our question about anti-homophobia cheese. And if if you don't listen on Spotify, it has this cool feature where you can like ask a question or put a poll on the Spotify episode so that listeners can interact with you. Um, And so we asked, what type of cheese would be your anti-homophobia cheese? We got a lot of craft singles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the ability to slap them with it is uh, a very top-notch uh, response. Mm-hmm. Um, super processed American cheese, which I feel like is a craft single. Yeah. One person said, one of those industrial-sized Costco bags of Mexican cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Just- <laughs> Again, that's the kind of thing where it wouldn't be anti-homophobia cheese. It would be... Gone in five seconds. It would be a snack. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. My body would not be happy, but that's what would happen. Um, (laughs) We got a lot of blue cheeses, which was my first instinct. Yeah. The smellier, the better. Mm -hmm. Uh, One person said brie. Mm. Definitely a stinky blue cheese. There's another one. Um, And we got one that says mozzarella. Um, That I would just eat. I would just eat it immediately. It would never make it. I don't know. I don't know about mozzarella. I like, yeah. Yeah, no, I no, I would totally eat it. I'm just like, I don't know what would be satisfying about it. If you get like the ball. That's right. There's some you could weight like, to check it. it. You could love it. Yeah. yeah. I always think of like mozzarella sticks. That's Yeah, why. that's true. Yeah, <laughs> sticks or like shredded mozz. But I think for anti-homophobia cheese purposes, it would be like the heavy ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you could really get some weight behind it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then this person put individual pieces of toast cheese because then I can walk up to the homophobe, unwrap the little cheese square while they're just staring at me confused, <laughs> and then I can smack it on their forehead so it sticks. <laughs> I appreciate the detail in that one. Yes, yes. The the better the visual, the better. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then on Instagram uh, – Logan said, as an Italian-American, I would love grated Parmesan to be like pocket sand, which I just (laughs) lost it at the idea of someone just like reaching in their pocket and then like just like blowing cheese in someone's (laughs) eye for like top-notch answer. Excellent. Those were our anti-homophobia cheese uh, contenders. (laughs) Yeah. 
I the like the smelly soft cheeses I definitely can see or like some crumbled blue cheese because then yeah. you could just like exactly. pull it on top of their head like the blue cheese of shame. Yeah, that's what I'm imagining. Or you could do that thing like people when they take like hot dogs and stuff and try to like sneak it in people's clothes. You could just like crumble some blue cheese <laughs> in their hoodie hood or like in their pocket. Like good luck smelling that later, and it get all smushed. Yeah. In there, like, ugh. Awesome, awesome anti homophobia cheese suggestions. Yes. Um, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and so then we also got some responses about our discussion around the gyms and how, why were they not performing in an auditorium? And apparently, it's not common in the UK for schools to have an auditorium. Everything's done in the gym, which they call a sports hall, which I think sounds so much fancier than than gymnasium. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that was an interesting thing to learn. As a former music and theater kid, I could never. (laughs) I could never. This is like my living nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. The acoustics in a gym, like, Yeah. uh, I would rather – so my elementary school, because it's an elementary school, it didn't have like an auditorium, right? It had the cafetorium. Oh no! <laughs> which was cafeteria. It was the cafeteria, but there was an but it was like a proper stage, okay. right? Yeah, and like so, we would have all of our assemblies in there. You know, a bunch of freaking first graders sitting cross-legged on the floor right. of the cafeteria. Right. We would do um, our school concerts because fourth and fifth grade at that school had um, band and chorus and stuff. We would do our school concerts in there. All of like the award ceremonies. And that was fine because, like, because at least there was like a stage, right? You know? Yeah. Like, there's mm-hmm. got to be a stage somewhere, yeah. that you could put on these performances. Why is there not a stage? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. Somebody does you though. Can- <laughs> Write in and let Somebody us know. Does. Why is well, this I, the case? I just am upset. Yeah. Um. <laughs> someone else also wrote in. And said that they had originally thought the same thing that you did about the gyms, but it is two different gyms. And I went back and looked, (sighs) and it is. They're different colors. See, I think that makes me even more mad. (laughs) Because why the fuck then would their rehearsal be at Truem if the performance wasn't going to be at Truem? Maybe they take returns so that like the Truem boys boys aren't always coming over to Higgs and maybe the next performance will be at Truem maybe they alternate you know okay all right maybe that's a generous (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why this made me as mad as it did when we when I watched that episode back but (laughs) all of the concert stuff just it just I must have been in a bad mood that day or something (laughs) you were like I'm not having any of this but also it's just one of my like really annoying niche things because I did music from yeah. fourth grade until eleventh grade. <laughs> yeah. Episode starts in a great place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the song Bang Bang Bang, which is like we're gonna we're doing a music episode soon. Um, and I'm gonna talk about this one. It's a sneaky one because I feel like I forget about it. Uh-huh. Every time I listen to it, I'm just like, this is great. I'm very happy. Yeah. <laughs> what I did was made I made a playlist of all my favorite songs and artists from the soundtrack and then mm. added other songs from of theirs to it so that I can like nice. do a deep dive into everybody. Um but yeah, this is this is on my list too. Awesome. Yeah. 
Um, and we go into Charlie's room in another excellent sweater, by the way. Yes. This one, I, I, I describe it as understated but excellent rust-colored cable knit. Yeah, it looks so comfortable. I know. And he's like in his mirror, zhuzhing his hair. Mm. His cool ass mirror too. Yeah, it's a really cool. I mirror. love it reminds this me mirror. Of something reminds me of something out of, and this came out after Heartstopper came out, but The Sims for recently <laughs> released a, a high school. It was called The Sims for the high school years or something like that. Okay. And it reminds me of some of the mirrors that they, like one of the mirrors in, I think it's that pack. Hmm. Man, if it's not that pack, I'm going to feel stupid. <laughs> but there's like a really cool mirror in a recent pack. There's like, it's either that or the pastel pop kit. Anyway, un- unnecessary side rant, but he's got a really cool mirror. And he's, of course, checking his hair because he's going to see Nick. And so then he goes over to his closet where we see he has 800 pair of Converse. And I'm so most jealous. The most glorious Converse collection ever. I love those blue ones. Yes. I was disappointed that he didn't choose them. I know, yeah. They don't, they don't go with the outfit, yeah. but... You know, I'm all for I, – I have, like, mustard yellow Converse, and I wear them oh, yeah. with everything. I'm all for a contrasting shoe. Yeah. Especially when it's Converse. Um, But, yeah, I, I wrote in all caps, I want Charlie's Converse collection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember before I showed Eddie the show, out of context, I just paused it and I showed him this. And I was like, hey, hey, can I have this shoe closet? <laughs> can I have these shoes? And he was like, no. You can't. He thinks I have too many shoes as it is, which I do. Like in, in his defense, he's probably correct. But <laughs> anyway. So then Tori slinks in again. Yes. Scares the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And then we get our iconic, Jesus, Tori, how do you just appear out of nowhere? And she says, Older sister, older magic. sister magic. Yeah, <laughs> such a good iconic line, which uh, can confirm the existence of older sister magic as mm. the oldest of three. Right. Um, but she's great. I love her. Um, and Charlie says that he's going to the cinema. Cinema. <laughs> I can't unhear <laughs> the way that you say cinema with a <laughs> not British, but trying to like use the same emphasis as a British accent. Yeah. <laughs> Ben, ben says it again at the end, too. Like, it's very yeah. pronounced. Uh, but he says he's going with Nick and his friends. Uh, and all throughout this conversation, Charlie is very seriously looking at every single pair of these converts. Yes. <laughs> he is taking and- into, consider- into consideration every single option. Which I don't even remember. I didn't write down which ones he ends up going with. Do I we think see? they're just white. Okay. I think the black ones would have been better maybe but whatever you, you know you can't go wrong with your trusty pair of white converse although his need a wash i'm a fan <laughs> of the dirty shoe <laughs> i don't like I, a crisp white shoe i don't like a crisp white shoe there's but there's like a level of like <laughs> dirty and worn out that's like my maximum before i'm like this is disgusting <laughs> i've literally had vans that i have duct taped together to keep wearing before Granted, I was in high school, not my adult life, but I have done yeah. that. So. <laughs> Fair. But anyway, so like while he's talking to her, he then finally tells Tori that he and Nick are going out. And Tori gets – I wrote, she is giddy. And then I put she in parentheses, is. well, as giddy as Tori Spring can be. <laughs> right. She looks 
it all in her face again the actors in this show with their face acting. yes she's both relieved and extremely excited she's like called it <laughs> yeah her little like uh like her breath hitches you can see like yes. she's like so excited and charlie is so fucking happy mm-hmm. he has the biggest grin on his face and he tells her yeah, it's so cute. But my note is just, Tori is the perfect sibling. She's supportive and celebratory, but she's also cautious and concerned because <laughs> she knows the type of people that Nick hangs out with. Mm-hmm. And she knows that they are a threat to Charlie. Yes. And she also gives him just the perfect amount of shit. Yep. Because, so she asks if they're boyfriends and Charlie says they're not ready to label it yet, which we're going to come back to. Then she says, well done. Your crush on him was super embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just, like, the perfect amount of shit to give your sibling. Yeah. Um, in a loving way. Yeah, and she kind of lets it go for a second, and then she comes back with, your crush on him was super embarrassing. So, like, she's yeah. very good at, like, dishing it out in small doses. hmm I don't want to talk about this part. <laughs> Do we? I know. There's going to be a lot of, I don't want to talk about this part in this episode, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, as I said Tori had a- Tori asks Charlie if Nick and Charlie are boyfriends. And Charlie says that they're not ready to label it yet. I think um I mean we'll talk about boyfriends in that uh, boyfriend in that episode, but I think that if Charlie said something to Nick, they would have been boyfriends long ago. Um but we have this anxiety flashback is what I'm calling it that kind of contextualizes why Charlie, without having had a conversation about labeling or not labeling anything, might be feeling reticent to yeah. uh, label their relationship as anything. <sighs> I was just looking at my notes. It says, fucking Ben Hope. I wish him nothing but the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> Charlie... And Ben are hanging out in the library, and Charlie asks Ben if he wants to, like, go over to Charlie's place to hang out, mm-hmm. and Ben kind of brushes him off. He gives the most asshole answer. He's like, why? We hang out here. Yeah. It's like, That's really God, shitty. I hate you so much. <laughs> yeah. Fuck right the fuck off, Ben. And then Charlie's like, well, he's, I didn't write down the whole thing, but he's like, well, since we're boyfriends, and Ben snaps. Mm-hmm, he loses it. He's like, why would you think that? We're not boyfriends. You're not my boyfriend. It's like, I don't know. We've been making out for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what could have given me that impression. Yeah. And Charlie just crumbles. And the animation is so cool because there's just, it's just like the world shatters around him. This animation fucking rocks. It's it's so, so good. effective. I also love the lighting, how it's like all dark blue mm-hmm. and they've got that like grainy spotlight on them. Mm-hmm. I love it. I also tried really hard to pick out any books behind them to see like kind of what section they were sitting in, but I couldn't make any <laughs> titles out. So I don't know. Yeah, the lighting was a bit tricky for that. Yeah. Um, But also the, like, sound effect, too. Like, I feel that sound effect of, like, the glass shattering in my soul every time I watch this. I Like, I can hear it now, and I'm, like, feel it. We need to move on. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, – 
So then it cuts back to the mirror and he is kind of staring at himself and you could tell that he's like really feeling the weight of this memory. Yeah. He kind of sorts himself out and takes a breath and walks on out. Off he goes. And then we go to the parking lot with chauffeur and number one dad, Julio Spring. Yeah. Who tells Charlie that pickup is at 10 and that Charlie should call him if any of Nick's friends does or says anything nasty. Like a good dad. Yeah. Also, question. Do we see Julio Springs legs? <laughs> I don't think so. In his show? No. Like, I think every time we see him, he's in the car. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that they're like at least letting him go. Hang- yeah. Even though that Julio's concerned because he knows. I mean, the last time he dropped him off somewhere with Nick, it he got back in the car fucking having a meltdown. So just the fact that he's still allowing him to go and being supportive of him, like trying to socialize while also being reserved and cautious. It's like him and Tori really just top notch family members. Yes. When Julio says um, to call if any of the boys does or says anything nasty, Charlie, like he just responds by saying that Nick's going to be there Mm -hmm. and that means it'll be okay. And I mean, I, so Maybe maybe you have a similar experience and maybe someone who hasn't watched it as many times as we had has a different like, <laughs> sense of things. I, I literally – maybe this is just because I've watched the comics – read the comics and watched this so many times. But <laughs> I know that even with Nick there, it's not going to be fine and it hurts. And I, I just want to like shake Charlie and tell him that Nick being there and things being fine are two different things. Yeah. And – like, obviously, at this point, he doesn't know that Harry and Ben are going to be there. Right. But still. <laughs> I Like, knowing – there was never a point for me watching the show where I didn't know that Harry and Ben are going to be there because I had read the comics first. Right. And so every time I was like, oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. I obviously did not. I watched the show first. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know they were going to be there. But I could tell by the tone, you know, that yeah. something was going to mm-hmm. happen. But back to the point about Charlie and Nick is that, like, Nick has not done a very good job of standing up to Harry at school. So I don't know where this, like, false confidence is coming from about Nick being there because Mm -hmm. it's – I mean, he's at school and shit still happens at school. Yeah. So maybe it's just because he thinks Ben and Harry aren't going to be there and he thinks the rest of them will be fine without him, which they probably would have been. Yeah, yeah. So – Charlie gets out of the car and walks. Nick's, you can see him back there waiting mm-hmm. <laughs> by the door. Also, I don't know what it is about this, this sweatshirt that Nick has on because it's not extraordinary. Like, there's nothing about it, but I want it. It looks so comfy, and I love the, like, the blue and the green. I don't know. Yeah. It's very plain, but something makes me want it. <laughs> it just – it looks really cozy. It's like yeah. this sweatshirt I'm wearing right now. Yeah. It's just like a Gildan sweatshirt. Um, it's just really comfortable. It's actually from my brother's college soccer team. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really comfortable, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and also because it's a 3XL, so it's like oversized. Heck it's like yeah. oversized and super comfy. So Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I didn't ask. My dad just did it when he bought it. He was just like, I got it a size too big. And I was like, good job. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> 
But so they hug and there's no breaks this time. It's full speed ahead. They, yes. they speed walk to each other and embrace and it's adorable. <laughs> yes. And what I said is of note, neither of them looks around beforehand. Yeah. And this is a very affectionate hug. <laughs> it is. And I, I didn't, I, you know, that just feels like a, a big step for them to mm-hmm. not do the like, wait, can is it safe? Especially knowing that all of the rugby boys are going to be there. Yeah. Like anyone could be in I that mean, parking lot. Like I'm almost wondering, like you can kind of like suss out just it's a big parking lot. You can kind of tell it's pretty empty. Mm-hmm. So like I'm wondering if that was a factor as well, but still seems like a big deal for them. Yeah, for sure. So he says, Ben and Harry were going to be there. And then my next note just says, they flirt a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wrote out a lot of this. Um, when They probably think I'm like this gay nerd. And Nick says, well, you kind of are a gay nerd. And Charlie says, shut up, rugby lad. Which reminded me of, uh, there's a scene in the comic where Charlie calls Nick a rugby lad or something. And, like, Nick, like, really plays it up and they're, like, rolling around on the floor and it's adorable. And I want it. I want it. Yeah. I want it in the show so bad. It would be – I just – I want to see Kit, like, pretend to be a stereotypical rugby lad. lad. Yeah. That's the scene where he's like, we're going to go have a cheeky Nando's, eh? Like, Like he says mate every third word and then he just, like, chants, lads, 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 lads. I need it. I need it. Alice, Eros, everyone, give it to us. Please. But then they get to the bottom of the escalator, or they like walk into the theater, and the mood immediately shifts (sighs) because Harry is there and Ben is there. Mm -hmm. And they're already being shitty <laughs> they haven't even yeah like literally to them yet they just got off the escalator and harry is like on it mm-hmm. ben's just standing beside him being a smug little fucker yeah Ugh. um yeah harry says why did he even bring him meaning like why did nick bring charlie and uh, my question is why are you here <laughs> yeah and also like they've been friends for s- friends for so long now like get over it you know they hang yeah. out like, I just – i he's on the rugby team. This mm-hmm. is a rugby meetup. Like, I just – I don't know. I fucking hate Harry. <laughs> I do also have some questions that are kind of like about the <laughs> the mythos of this, like, co- like kind of like confluence of events. Because I'm like, what are the circumstances that led to this mm-hmm. particular miscommunication? Like, were Harry and Ben a last-minute addition? Like, did – did they get invited at the last minute and no one updated Nick? Were they originally invited and they couldn't go, which is why Nick felt like he could bring Charlie? My note says why Nick felt okay bringing Nick. <laughs> 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 uh, but, you know, is that why Nick felt okay bringing Charlie? Um, did someone just neglect to inform Nick that they were coming? Did they decide to just show up uninvited, which seems like a very Harry and Ben mm-hmm, thing to do? Mm-hmm. Or... Also, in that same vein, did they find out Charlie was going and show and up. decide to show up? Or did they think that Nick wouldn't come so they didn't tell – they were like, oh, Harry's not yeah. coming just to try to get Nick there. Yeah. There's a lot of questions. A lot of questions. This. Yeah. No answers. Zero answers. <laughs> yeah. There's no way I, to know. <laughs> I, I'm choosing to believe that Harry and Ben just decided to show up. 
probably because they heard Charlie was going to be there yeah. and be pieces of shit. That seems, from what we know of the characters, that seems to be the most likely. Yeah, from what we know about them and the dialogue, how he's immediately like, mm-hmm. look, he did bring him. Like, it's it's it all signs point to them finding out Charlie's coming and wanting to show up just to be dicks. Yeah, which I hate. But tracks for both of their characters. It does. Well, Harry's there just to be a dick. Ben's there because he's jealous. Yes. As we will discover. So then we get this title card. And this one is definitely at the top for me. I know it's sad and awful, but it's so good. Yes, it is. It's very good, but it makes me sad. And yeah. things that make me sad go to the bottom of this. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's got that the like world shattering that same animation yeah. from the anxiety flashback mm-hmm. um, with Charlie and Ben. It's good. It's a good one. It's a good one, yeah. So now they're walking down the hall at the movies, like walking in. And they're talking very loudly about him as if he's not there. And they yeah. do that all the time. It drives me nuts. Yeah. It makes my blood boil. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so someone asks Ben if Charlie is his friend. And Ben says he's never even spoken to Charlie, which we all know is very false. And he's saying it loud. Like, he's he's saying that particular line just as a dig to Charlie. Yes, exactly. And it's not Harry that asks been that i want to yeah. know who whose voice was that <laughs> yeah um and then harry asks why can't any of you ever bring a girl with you to which i scream why can't you ever bring a girl harry <laughs> that's um my note is who is the any of you that you are addressing also i can't help but notice that you haven't brought a girl so shut the fuck up mm-hmm. <laughs> yes i have a lot feelings about Harry and Harry's feelings. Especially in this episode. (laughs) So Nick pulls him aside. Yes. Using the popcorn to kind of pull him away. Mm -hmm. But Charlie's obviously stressed and now he's being offered food by Nick, which we don't really touch on in season one of the show, but we know from the comics and stuff that that's probably just heightening his stress even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, no, 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 like I'm, I'm not hungry, but you should get some. You have some. Yeah. Um. Before that, though, Nick asks if he prefers salty or sweet or a mix of both. And I'm wondering if that's like regular movie theater popcorn, which is saltier, versus like a caramel corn or a kettle corn, which is mm-hmm. sweeter, or if it's like a chocolate drizzle kind of deal. I was just curious what the sweet option is. I assumed it was kettle corn because a lot of theaters, yeah. at least here, you can get kettle corn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's like regular like movie theater butter, kettle corn, and um, like the ch- like cheddar. Yeah. But so this is when we get the really adorable line where Nick slips up and calls Charlie Char. It's so cute. And he says that in the context of being really worried. I didn't write down the whole line, but like Nick is worried and he feels bad that Harry and Ben are there. But like Charlie is just fixated on the fact that Nick called him Char. Yeah. He says like, (laughs) Char, I'm so sorry. I really didn't know they were going to be here. And yeah. And when he says Char, the music kicks in and then my heart just starts like, it's like, oh my God, look how cute. But you're right. Yes. Like, as soon as he hears it, everything else that Nick is saying, it just goes one ear and out the other. And he's just smirking. Yeah. He's got a little <laughs> cute little smirk on him. And he's, like, watching him. Mm-hmm. And he looks down where Nick has touched his arm. 
and looks back up. He's like, teehee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Nick finds this mortifying. Oh, he's so embarrassed. <laughs> like, that just slipped out. I'm never saying that again. He, like, starts touching his neck. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, but Nick, are you not looking at the reaction on this boy's face? Do you not want to be able to get this on command? No, his embarrassment is too high. It's outweighing the reward at this point. <laughs> uh, so then they're in the like actual theater and I have some thoughts about the way that they're sitting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> Did you mm-hmm. notice this? It's fucking stupid. So- They're spread out among two rows. And now here's the thing. If they were like evenly distributed, so they were, because there's what, like eight or nine of them? Yeah. If they they were like (laughs) evenly distributed where it was like four and four or whatever, right? I get that because then you're like geographically closer to everybody, right? I get that. But no, in the front, front, the like the front row of the two rows that they're sitting in, we have from the right moving down towards the aisle. Charlie, Nick, Cy, Otis, Christian, Harry, two characters that I don't recognize are on the end. Uh-huh. And then behind them, there's another character I don't recognize, Ben, and another character that I don't recognize. So, like, just other members of the rugby team. and Or not, because Ben's yeah, not on the rugby team, but he just hangs true. out with them. So maybe the rugby team took one row and the outcast <laughs> took the other. <laughs> but, yeah, in any case... There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, eight people in one row and then three people behind them, which doesn't make any fucking sense. And like part of it is so that when Ben confronts Charlie, he can say that he saw Charlie holding Nick's hand in the theater because Ben is situated right behind mm-hmm. nick and charlie which you know he did on purpose you know oh, he totally, he probably came in last just so that he could see where they sat and get behind them yeah it's just so conspicuous and weird yeah. especially because this is nowhere near a full theater yeah my note just says <laughs> that they did a very good job getting as far away from harry as possible but a horrible job staying away from ben though i doubt they had much control over that yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I also want to talk about what movie do you think they're watching? Because originally I thought it was Scream, but only because he says, hello, lady, <laughs> which makes me think of hello, Sydney. Yeah. But then yeah. the subtitle says like monster gurgles or something like that. And I'm like, monster. So now I'm not sure. I don't know. I assumed I'd like to imagine that it's like a really shit PG-13 horror movie kind of <laughs> deal. Yeah. I also am trying to like orient myself in like time of what real movie it could be. I Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they could be watching. But I, I based on that line, I assume that it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> but so then the woman in the movie screams and Nick grabs charlie's hand instinctively mm-hmm. and yes. this is one of the shots where you can see that ben is clocking this you can see his yes. eyes looking down looking at them behind him and um nick looks like a deer in headlights for a second <laughs> yeah and then charlie apologizes yeah for nick grabbing his hand it to the point where it really threw me off and i had to rewind it Yeah. And confirm, wait, Nick is definitely the one who (laughs) grabbed, like, it was, I was like, wait a second, 
wait, what? Yeah. It's <laughs> like just- I fully I fully had to take it back 10 seconds to see just to confirm that yeah. my my eyes had not lied to me. Yeah. <sighs> it's just Charlie, man. He's anxious and he feels like everything's his fault. And so yeah. the fact that his hand was accessible to grab, he's like, shit, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Nick is like, you can see him kind of deflate a little like he knows that. And he looks over to his right to see if Harry's paying attention. And he's not. Mm-hmm. So he reaches over with his little pinky. Yes. And he touches him. And we get Charlie whispering, you're a dork. A dork. Which I I love that line. And I use yes. it all the time. <laughs> Me too. My partner doesn't really know what it means when I say <laughs> that. But I do. I use it all the time. It's for you. That's like how whenever I ask a question to my students and they don't answer, even though they were all born in like 2009, 2010, I go, Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> and they're Bueller. like, what? They're like, literally at one point I had a co-teacher that was like, I don't think they get that reference. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't care. care. That was for me. <laughs> that was for me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, and I even say it with the British accent too. So I'm sure he knows that it's like a heart stopper thing. But yeah. I do actually have a quick note about like Nick looking over at his friends. Uh-huh. I'm wondering if he doesn't know that Ben sat behind them. And I wonder if he doesn't realize that there's three other people behind him because he only looks over to -hmm. the people in his row. So I'm wondering, kind of like adding to, because the, because the seating arrangement is so conspicuously, conspicuously weird. I'm wondering if, like you said, like Ben kind of like sneakily made sure that he was like the last one in and, made sure that he sat behind them without Nick and Charlie realizing it. But also, don't you think that it would be like, it would just alert everyone behind him to them, even hyper alert them. Like if he turned around and looked at them. Yeah. Like that would just just, bring more attention to it. It's just, it's so, there's just a lot of interesting it's so teenager. Yeah, you know, I just have questions. <laughs> yeah, it is very teenager. Um, because then also not for nothing, the other thing is because Charlie is the last one, so it's not like like there's, and their like group of friends goes to the goes to the aisle. Yeah. So I'm like, it, it just the blocking is just questionable. <laughs> I'm just I'm confused by the blocking. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and I'm trying to ex- I'm trying to come up with an explanation. Uh, a logical in-text explanation for it, and I'm struggling yeah. to like fully connect all of the dots. <laughs> I've got like most of them, but I just I'm trying to close the circle and it's not closing itself. <laughs> <laughs> These are the kinds of things that I cannot turn <laughs> off in my brain where I'm like, this is this is kind of a logical inconsistency. Um <laughs> yeah. and a lot of people I know are like why the fuck does that matter? And I'm like, it just does. <laughs> yeah. But um, so they, we get our little fireworks. Yes. And our little stars and stuff while they hold hands proper. And Nick looks back one more time at Harry and then it pans out so that we can see everyone. And all mm-hmm. of them are looking at the screen except for Ben, who is still glaring down at Nick and Charlie. Mm-hmm. And it makes glaring me is a good word for uncomfortable. it. Uncomfortable. <laughs> 
makes us all uncomfortable. Um, and then they come out of the movie and <laughs> they're just openly flirting in front of everyone. Yes. <laughs> Very loudly. <laughs> Although I will say, I feel like this is an acceptable conversation between two people coming out of yes. a horror film. Yes. So they can get away with it mm-hmm. in a way that some of their other public flirting, I cannot excuse. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is an acceptable conversation between platonic friends coming out of a horror film. But we all know that they're flirting. <laughs> yeah. Just their little smiles and giggles while they're doing It's like, yeah, this is not platonic. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, it makes sense that they're talking about it. Yeah, like the you jumped at all the scares too. Mm-hmm. No, I jumped when you screamed. Yeah. And then fucking Harry. And then Harry. This, I... Yeah. I think this is a very interesting name change from the comic. Because when... Yeah. In the comic, he asks about Zane. But Mm -hmm. he asks about Harry in this one. And I'm like, Harry, why are you picking someone with the same name? hmm?" Well, I also... Yeah. I mean, yes, it's that. But I also think that, like, in the zeitgeist, culturally, Zane was definitely a bigger name and was considered, like, the hot one when Alice was writing that part of the comic. And now, and Harry. now it's Harry. It's like, true. far in a way. It's true. But I can't help myself from being cheeky about it. That that's totally fair. Yeah. I have some I have some cheeky comments. <laughs> um right? Because you know, Harry pushes in between Nick and Charlie and he puts his <sighs> arm around Charlie again with the touchy touchy. And he puts his arm around him like violently. Like it like shoves yeah. Charlie a bit. Yeah. And then he says, so, Charlie Spring, quick question. What's it like being gay? And I say, why do you want to know, Harry? Why do you want to know? What is it like being gay, Harry? What is it like? Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what Tao would have said. If Tao were here, yeah. that would have been Tao's response. and charlie says it's fine and then harry kind of i i (sighs) cut out some of the like reactions and stuff to this yeah but harry says you don't seem that gay to be honest you do sound sort of gay but that's it do you like musicals what sort of guys do you like then what about harry styles he's pretty sexy again yeah (laughs) interesting statement um and then he says what about nick and i'm like oh no i know i know and charlie he just deadpans he stops and turns around and he's like yeah are you joking nick's not even my type and then we see nick's face and nicholas luke nelson looks like he is gonna break down into tears yes and before that though before we see him like absolutely like fall apart like Mm -hmm. that So in the moment that Harry brings up Nick's name, if you focus – there's a lot going on in the shot, but Mm -hmm. if you focus on Nick, there's just this slight – there's a slight moment of panic that settles into anger that I absolutely love. It's such a little reaction. Mm -hmm. From Nick? That – from Nick that fits so well with the character, like where Nick is at in his journey. It's just like, oh my God, did he figure it out? And then realizes, oh, he's just being a dick. Like mm-hmm. it goes from panic to anger. Like, and it's a blink and you miss it kind of moment. 
What I wrote is, I absolutely love this as an acting choice, but absolutely hate it as a person watching this Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, this is such a hard scene to watch. I'm yeah. really glad that they left out some of the lines from the comic, though. Mm-hmm. Because the comic yeah. scene of this really fucking tears me up. I will say, too, there's something about the motion of this whole, like, sequence, because they're, like, walking down the hallway, and, like, hallways are very mm-hmm. claustrophobic spaces, and like they're all moving, so there's like there's oh there's no way out but through mm-hmm. for for Charlie. I I like that about it too. It just it adds to the like discomfort of it in a way. It's like there's nothing you can do but You're bear stuck. it. Stuck, yeah, yeah. I also there's a lot of cinematic stuff in this one that like mm-hmm. I have some notes later about some of the scenes and the camera work that like is just it's. I me too. One of my least favorite episodes, but very good. Very well shot. Yes. So, of course, Harry's not going to accept that answer, and he pushes further. Mm -hmm. But the second that Harry touches Charlie this time, Nick is on it. He snaps out of it, Mm -hmm. and he pulls Harry off. Mm -hmm. And Charlie bolts. Yep. He's gone. Nick is so pissed. Nick kind of, like, hesitates for a moment. He's like, do I tell off Harry, or do I go Uh to Charlie? And he obviously, of course, goes to Charlie. Yeah, well, he starts to tell off Harry, and then he turns around and sees that Charlie is, like, Almost to the door now. And he's like, okay, no, I have to go after him. Yeah. So in the parking lot, like Charlie just keeps walking and he, he's trying to leave without saying anything, without talking. Mm-hmm. But Nick stops him and like apologizes. Yeah. My nose is so Charlie, bless him, is in fight or flight, he runs every time. Every right time. now, he's trying his damnness to flee. But Nick catches up with him. Mm -hmm. And Charlie says he's used to it. And he walks away. And that line kills Mm -hmm. me. Yes. And my heart breaks. (sighs) And then, okay, this this next part, it's one of those scenes where I hate, I hate it. But from a, like, as like a work of art, it is excellent. very good, yes. Right? Because the Mm -hmm. music, my note says music changes from sad to ominous. Yeah, it like feels anxious. Yes, and the the way that it's shot, right? Like we see Nick walking back into the building, like away in the mm-hmm. background. Charlie is in the foreground. There's like red lighting that like adds to the like anxiety of the shot, and it's like all dark. And like the only other lighting is from the overhead, yep. like the street lights in the parking lot. And Ben just like appears from the side in the frame, and the body language, like he's. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's like a very aggressive stance, mm-hmm. and like it just it does such a great job of setting the tone for what's about to happen. Where the and fuck do you think he was? Yeah, that's the only thing. I'm like, where were you? I'm like, was he like crouching down behind that little that little wall, yeah. waiting? Like, where was he? So here's what I'm thinking. I, so a lot of movie theaters, right? They'll have like the emergency exits but they're not alarmed so that you can like get out without having to walk through the whole theater but then you can still go back through the theater throughout the like main entrance so i'm wondering if ben like split off from the group and Mm -hmm. just went out that front entrance and was coming around from that direction that makes sense because one of my other notes was like how did he beat them but but we don't see ben during mm-hmm. the whole hairy homophobic exchange. Yeah. We don't see him in the background anywhere. So it was like, did he leave first and was like waiting out there? But I think you're right. Maybe he took a different exit mm-hmm. and, and tried to come around and cut him off. 
Either way, it's yeah. fucking sleazy and creepy, and I hate it. Yeah. And Charlie instantly is, like, tense and stiff. Yeah. Like, you can see his body language, like, tighten up. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, you can imagine – like, you can only imagine the worst-case scenarios that Charlie is playing out in his head. Just, like, given the context of, like, yes. where they are, and it's, like – and, like, how aggressive – Ben is in like all of this. He's like, mm-hmm. he's gonna like, I, you can only imagine. Yeah. I mean, they're isolated in a dark parking lot by themselves. So, like, yeah. anything could happen. And we know what Ben is capable of doing when he's mad. Exactly. So, it's, it's terrifying. And oh my God, it's really well done, but it's awful to watch. Yeah. It's not great. Mm-hmm. And he says, I saw you holding hands with them in the cinema. <laughs> and then this is just like it's so heartbreaking it's so yeah. heartbreaking because charlie says no and he says okay but you are getting with him and charlie says no and he says don't lie to me and then he goes in for the kill and mm-hmm. he just is oh it just breaks my heart hearing these words like mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. i'm gonna do it and i'm very sorry i everybody. believe in you <laughs> okay well i believe you're not going out with him as if I'm literally crying. Okay. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> as if anyone would ever want to go out with someone as desperate as you. And Charlie, at least I do I'm proud of him in this moment for like at least saying like you did. Yeah. But it doesn't end well. Yeah. But yeah. And I did actually my note says I can't decide if I want to pull Charlie into a protective hug or punch Ben in the face. Both. <laughs> One-handed hug, one-handed punch, and then finish the hug with the other hand. Yeah, that's 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 the move. That's it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Charlie says, you did. And it's like, you can tell that it, like he wanted it to be like a lot more stingy than it is. He's just so scared and so broken yeah. that like it just doesn't have the effect that he wants it to. Yeah, it almost comes out as like a whimper. Yeah, exactly. But- I'm proud of him for at least saying it. Yeah. And this is the part that really. Are you joking? You actually thought I liked you. You were just there like some tragic loser with barely any friends who ate lunch alone and let bullies walk all over you. I never liked you. I'm not even gay. I just felt really sorry for you. Keep telling yourself that, Ben. Yeah. God, I hate him so much. This yeah. it hurts. It hurts me so bad to watch this scene. And I I'm so glad that Julio shows up when he does because Ben is getting angrier and angrier. Mm-hmm. And if they had been left alone, this definitely would have escalated into something physical. And I am really glad we didn't have to see that. And I'm so glad that Charlie didn't have to experience that. Yeah. I will say the way that Julio pulls up, right? So Ben has to walk past the car mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. to leave, which again though is just questionable because I'm like, where the fuck are you going? What? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Like, it's I have so many questions. But every time I watch this scene, like Ben walks past the car, he like walks past the front of the car, and I'm like, oh, it would be a shame if Julio's foot slipped. <laughs> <laughs> But Julio's being the best dad ever, and he's mm-hmm. like, are you okay? You know, but Charlie won't talk about it. I love the way that Julio responds to this, though. Yeah. Because he asks if Charlie is okay, even though it's obvious that he's not. Like, instead right. of going in for the what's wrong, like, it's, are you okay? And Charlie very clearly 
doesn't want to talk about it, right? So he kind of – he doesn't press Charlie, but he does He does the, like, are you sure? And, like, kind of creates space where if he does want to talk about it, there is space for it. But then mm-hmm. when Charlie, like, reiterates that he's fine and he doesn't want to talk about it, he drops it. But he gives him a little shoulder pat first. Yeah. And it's just, like, I'm here – we both know that it's not okay, but also I'm going to respect the fact that you are right. not ready to talk about it yet. Because, like, not for nothing, if, like, y- whenever you're in a stressful situation like that, right, sometimes you just don't have the language to describe what's going on or mm-hmm. how you're feeling that quickly after it happened. Like, Charlie is definitely still coming down. Mm-hmm. So I-, I like that Julio gives him that space. Because, like, we all know if this was Jane. Ugh. <laughs> Thank God Jane doesn't drive him around. <laughs> yes. If, if, if this was Jane, Charlie would be barrel rolling out of the car. Like, Just leave me here. I'll sleep in the yeah. parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they the camera cuts back inside. And Nick is storming down the hall back to the group. Yeah. And he yanks Harry the way that he like mm-hmm. yanks him and says, go on then. What's your problem with Charlie? I'm so I, my note. I'm so proud of Nick here. Outside of the violence, obviously, yes. But Harry yeah. did deserve that punch. <laughs> yep. And I I didn't write down a lot of what was said because this is one of those scenes that I was like I don't want to linger here too yeah. long. So my the entirety of my my notes on this scene says Nick storms back to the group, confronts Harry for being a dick. Nick gets really upset. Harry says he needs to learn how to take a joke. Nick calls him out on it. Harry says he's probably used to it by now, and Nick gets really upset. Harry uses the F slur, and then Nick fights him. Just like, that's it. That's that's the maximum yeah. that I am capable of writing about this. And you know when Harry says, like, he's probably used to it by now, that that just cut deep into Nick's heart after everything he's talked to Charlie about. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he uses the F slur, Nick loses it and just punches him. And I know that I, – I hear you, Sarah. Violence is mm-hmm. not the answer. But in that moment – what are you going to do except punch a guy, you know? It's all you can do. It's all you can. Also, um, about this fight before we move on, mm-hmm. that interview where we learned that they also thought that the milkshakes were disgusting. <laughs> um, immediately, I think, after they talk about the milkshakes, they talk about this scene. And Kit talks about how they broke the wall in that movie theater or that set. I don't remember if it was a set or an actual theater. I have to imagine it was a set. He it's cause okay. Nick punches Harry and then Harry shoves Nick up against the wall and then Mm -hmm. Nick flips it and shoves Harry up against the Mm -hmm. wall. And in that motion, they broke the wall and Kit was like, I felt like a superhero. (laughs) (laughs) Kit for Hulk Wing. Kit yeah. for Hulk Wing. Kit for Hulk Wing. <laughs> That's adorable. Although you just reminded me that what you told me you found out about British milkshakes. <gasps> right. We didn't talk about that. Someone commented on, I think it was on YouTube or maybe on TikTok. I can't remember. Somebody commented and said that they don't base their milkshakes off of ice cream they base them off of flavored milk which just makes me want to throw up yeah i'm a bit nauseated by that i haven't Um, done any research into it so if that is not the case let us know because it just makes me think of like strawberry nesquik which is like yeah fine if you want to take like two sips but if you drink more than 
a little bit of it, it's like really gross like, and it makes you so sick to your stomach. It's like it's just sugar. It's sugar milk. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, Ugh. yes, you're right. I'm glad you brought yes. that up. Okay. So then we cut to the car with Oscar winner Olivia Coleman, who again, side note, I recently watched the film Empire of Light, which stars her. It's on HBO Max. Watch it. It's really good. And it's actually set around the same uh physical location. It's like near Kent. Oh, nice. It's like it's like near like the beach near Kent. So it's nice. probably like, yeah. When I discovered cool. that, I was like, ooh. It's like in the 70s though. So <laughs> but so I was like, oh, this is not far from Nick and Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Um But mom is mad. Mom is <laughs> Mom is so mad. She's gripping that steering wheel for life. Yeah. And she says, Are you going to tell me what happened? In like supreme mom voice like excellent mom voice yeah um and then there's a quick shot to nelly sitting at nick's feet and i quickly i had paused the video at one point perfectly on the shot of nelly's like head resting on the seat in between nick's legs and i'm like good nelly such a good girl comforting nick and she lets out like a little whimper too yeah and he says there's not really anything to tell and she is so mad she's like oh nikki come on baby like (laughs) what do you mean there's nothing to tell you just got enough Friggin' fist fight at the movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> no story here. Uh. And he says that Harry was just saying some nasty things about Charlie, and he's been really mean and gross for a long time, mm-hmm. and he used a bad word, and he just lost it. Yeah, there's something else that he – so he says that he's, like, really angry at himself because now he's realizing that all of his friends suck, and I'm like, that does – that's a I, – I don't know if you've ever had that experience before. It's a mm-hmm. really unpleasant feeling to realize – that the people that you've devoted your time and energy to are not good people. Yeah. And I and I was like, yeah, that sucks, Nick, but it's also really important because now you can start to cut that out of your life mm-hmm. and you know what to look for in the future. So this is like I'm like I'm I'm with you. It sucks, but I'm also proud of you for being able to name that. Mhm. Oh my god. And then the way that she looks over at him when she says Charlie's a really special friend, isn't he? It just, it's, she has all the pieces of the puzzle before that. And when he's, the way he said that Harry called him a really bad word was just the last piece getting clicked into place. Yep. Yeah. And she's like, I understand exactly what's going on here. And she's trying to convey with her eyes and her face, like, you can tell me anything. You could tell yeah. by her face that she one she knows, and two she wants him to open up about it. Mm-hmm. But also, again, not pushing it. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that he wants to tell her, but he's just not ready yet. And he just says, "Yeah, he is." And then I sob. And even when we see his face again after that, when he's like dabbing his nose, he looks really disappointed in himself. Like he, yeah, mm-hmm. he wanted to tell her in that moment, but he's just not there yet. And that's he's okay, just not Nick. There. Yeah. You just got to take your time. Yes. And then Tired comes on. Tired starts playing, which um, I fucking love Beba Doobie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At like, it just, it starts and then we get Charlie's depression montage is what I call it. Yep. Yep. Where <laughs> I put alarm- Charlie looking very depressed. Yeah. His alarm goes off and he just can't get up. Yeah. And then they're on the bus 
And he has his headphones on. He's not looking at Tori. He's not acknowledging her. And she looks at him and she's really worried. And yes. it breaks my heart because you know she was so worried about the movies already. And yeah. then he comes back and is acting like this. She knows something happened. Mm-hmm. But he's not ready to talk to her about it. I will say that reading Solitaire added a lot to like the moments in this episode and the next episode mm-hmm, with Tori. Mm-hmm. Like just kind of like really getting more of just just how much Tori cares about Charlie and yeah. like all like all uh, words are failing me, but no, it's great. And I yeah. yeah, it's just like she's really worried but she doesn't know what to do because again, she's a teenager. And she's yeah. also depressed and also needs therapy mm-hmm, <laughs> but again mm-hmm. that should be explored in its entire entirety in a solitaire spinoff film yes yes Please. it should but i love um when they go to split up so she can go on to higgs and he turns to go into trim the like little look and little nod yeah. they give each other like mm-hmm. their little goodbye yeah, and I, though- I think she gives him like a little supportive shoulder bump too like she kind of like yeah mm-hmm Okay. A little nudge, yeah, yeah. But another another thing, right? So this is a, a family program, um, <laughs> and the music, right? So the lyric oh, is yeah, I'm getting really it. fucking tired, but they cut the fucking out. But every time I, I watch it, this, <laughs> I'm dead. I start singing it, and I say the fuck. <laughs> and I love that they. It's like alluded to in the captions as well. Yeah, there's just like an ellipsis. But yeah, and I, it's like, mm, it would be so good if they could just use it because that's exactly enough like sadness plus angst mm-hmm. to convey what's happening yes. in this scene. But I understand. I understand Netflix. That doesn't mean I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it. Mm-hmm. And then we hear oh, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for your boyfriend? Uh, but Charlie sees that Harry's face is fucked up. And I, I can't, I didn't write down what he said. Did, he said, what happened to you? What happened to your face? He says, what happened? Oh, just what oh, happened. Because he says, because he looks at him and he says, I know I'm attractive, mate, but you don't need to stare. Mm-hmm. And that's when he says, what happened? And he, did you get into a fight? And he says that Nick needs to learn to take a joke. Yeah. I just want to punch him again. I just want to punch him again harder. I'm like, I'm like. I'm like, are you seriously like that delusional that you think that that you're right, that you're yeah. the one in the right here? Yeah. Uh, I know people like this in real life and I cannot stand them. I'm like, like sometimes I like, I will think I'm like, are you so? Cause here's my question to Harry and also to the people in my life who are like this. Are you like actively trying to gaslight or are you really that stupid? Like I think. I- I can't decide with Harry. I can't decide if he's really that stupid or if he's just gaslighting everyone or some co- – it's probably a combination of both. I think he's trying to convince himself. Yeah, that's – yeah. It's like he knows he's wrong, but he doesn't want to admit it and accept it. So he's trying – he's putting these things out there to try to get some sort of validation for himself. That's that my sense. take on it at least. That makes sense. But yeah, so he tells him to ask Nick and they talk about the fight and then Tao comes up and Tao is panicked. But Harry won't uh, let Tao go that easily. So he even steps in front of Tao and like gets physical with Tao. Yes. but And then Tao with another killer comeback. You clearly didn't get hugged much as a child, but if you're craving human contact that badly, you could just say so. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. So good. 
Um, and Charlie's panicking that Tao's mm-hmm. interacting at all. Like he doesn't want him to engage in any way at all. So he's like, really, it's fine. Really, let's just go. And that's when Harry's like, yeah, maybe you should listen to your boyfriend. At least he knows his place. Which, like, fuck you and your class is bullshit. Like, it's disgusting. Ugh. And it's, it's, it's like, it's classist. It's homophobic. It's, yes. ugh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love this next scene. It's horrible, mm. but I love the way it's shot. I love yes. how the camera work is like all shaky and it really creates this sort of like physical representation of the panic that Charlie is feeling. Mm -hmm. So props again to the cinematography of this fucking show. Yes. And yeah, Charlie, he is just, he's on a mission and nothing is going to stop him. And we get to class. And before we talk about the scene itself and the way that this is shot, this is shot and what's happening here. Um, I want to point something out um, about the way that Nick sits. Because so much, he's like sitting up stock straight with his arms crossed. Mm-hmm. And it actually gets to a degree where like Eddie pointed it out to me. And he was like, have you guys talked about the way that Nick sits yet? <laughs> and I was like, I feel like I've thought about it. And then I haven't actually written it down because there's so much else going on. And it's like always really quick because once Charlie gets there – his body language he opens changes. up. Mm-hmm. And so, and I haven't had a chance to fully test this yet, but Eddie was saying like, you know, like arms folded is a very like guarded posture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like wondering like if as he like comes out and like is more comfortable in himself, if that posture is going to loosen up a bit. Yeah. And what I, what I was thinking too, is I was like, I'm wondering, I have to go back to see if we see him sitting that way in like meat and stuff. Okay, yeah, that's something definitely to look into. I'm going to have to rewatch. And Nick explains what happens. And like you can just see Charlie spiraling into himself. I also think it's important to point out that Nick tells a very abbreviated version Mm -hmm. of what happened. He doesn't mention the slur or anything. He just. Gives him the bare minimum information about it. Yeah. And he's broken over this, but not for the reasons that Charlie's imagining that he's broken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I wrote, this scene makes me sad and I don't want to write about it because I already want to cry enough as it is. But what I will say is that Charlie doesn't have to feel sorry for Harry being the worst human ever. But I also think it's really important because I don't know, I don't know if anybody's ever said this to Charlie. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, when he says, I, Nick, I promise I'm used to it. And Nick says, um, no, but you shouldn't have to be. People shouldn't be saying stuff about you in the first place. You shouldn't have to put up with anything like that. Mm-hmm. And the first time that I watched this, like that was all like a almost word for word, like, no, but you shouldn't have to be used to this is like exactly what my brain was saying. Mm-hmm. And so when Nick said it, I was like, yes yes like Mm -hmm. yes i'm so glad that someone is saying this to him because i don't i don't think anybody's ever said that to him they've said like you know i'm sorry that you have to go through this and they've been supportive like tao and them have been supportive but i don't know that anyone has ever sat him down and like actually said like it's not your fault and it's not your responsibility to like carry the weight of all these other people's feelings like Mm mm-hmm you should not have to deal with this and you shouldn't be used to it, especially at 15 years old. Yeah. And then Charlie says, 
that he doesn't expect Nick to dump his friends for him. Charlie, he's not saying he's dumping his friends for you. He's saying that he doesn't like them and he doesn't want them as friends anymore. He's Mm -hmm. changed and he understands now like what he wants and needs in Mm -hmm. relationships and in friendships. And they're not his people. They're not his Mm -hmm. people. And I think just like Charlie's anxiety turns, it it internalizes everything, right? So he hears that and he's like, I'm taking Nick away from his friends. Yeah. And that's not the case. It's just not not the case. And I also, so in that conversation, Charlie says that some of the rugby boys are nice. Mm -hmm. And then Nick correctly points out that even they just stood there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really hope that we get more of like Cy, Christian, and Otis in season two. Because number one, I really want that scene where they're like trying to like Mm -hmm, clue mm -hmm. Nick in that they know. And then (laughs) (laughs) then they fuck it up. You know, you're really good mates. And then Nick just panics and leaves. And then the Um, other boys are like, why the fuck did you say that? (laughs) I want want that. Um, But also because I want to see like i i i believe charlie that some of the other rugby boys are Mm -hmm. nice to him especially like we have that like montage in yeah like we have the like rugby montage where everyone's like cheering for him i think it's in meat um it might be in crush though it's the first one we have that montage like i believe that they're nice and also because the fact that nick doesn't like disagree that that there aren't rugby boys who are nice on the team like he only says that even they just kind of like stood there and mm-hmm. didn't like do anything. They were just bystanders. So I believe Charlie when he says that some of the rugby boys are nice, but I wish that we could see that some of the rugby boys are nice. Yeah, I did pay attention during the movie theater scene when um you can see Otis. He's the only one that mm-hmm. I could really pick out out of the group that I knew yeah. who he was. Um and he doesn't laugh. Mm-hmm. And he almost looks he, like he looks pissed off about it. But he just stands there and watches. He doesn't say anything, but he doesn't laugh either. Yeah, now I want to go back to first the, like, confrontation in Kiss, which I can never – I never paid too much attention to it because it just stresses me out so much. Well, I do know <laughs> in Kiss whenever him and Harry are talking, like, after he gets done with Tara and he turns around and is like, where'd Charlie go? And they have that interaction. Otis is sitting, like, next – like, over to the left side uh-huh. of the screen – and he does look like really uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. So at least at least Otis we yeah. know is, is yeah. I just want more of him. Yeah, I'm hoping we'll get and like on IMDb there's like, you know, rugby boy or whatever, but Otis does have a name and so does so Cy. Do Cy and Christian. Yeah, and so I'm hoping that that means that we will be getting more of them in season mm-hmm. two. And then we go to the art room. And any other way plays. And I cry. Cry. I I I skip that song. I do too. Because it makes it me so makes upset. Me so- <laughs> <laughs> it's a good I, song, but it makes yeah. me cry, so I don't listen to it. Yep, same. That one, Our Window, I feel the same way about. Oh my god, yes. There's Every time more. Our Window starts, that little, that first piano note, I'm like, nope, turn Goodbye. it. Goodbye. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cannot. There's a few. where Yeah, that's, um, if Wisher the Automatic Skips isn't, um... <laughs> On the music planning document. Yeah, we got to add, add it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so then Charlie goes to his, what I'm dubbing the sadness corner. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because it's the same corner where he's like in between like the two counters and there's like like a tree sitting on the roots of the tree Mm -hmm. yeah and opens his lunch looks at it and puts it away Mm -hmm. and i cry and it's also just another subtle little scene where we see him not eating yeah Mm -hmm. and like once you start looking for it it's there yeah it's we see him well we hear that he gets a slushy at the birthday party Mm -hmm. we see him drink the milkshakes and we see him eat a couple of fries in boyfriend during Mm -hmm. the beach montage and that's the only consumption of like calories we see him do and then we go to the park with ellen tao and i don't like this scene why tao (laughs) i knew that was gonna be the answer I, I, it's mostly his like self pity. Like he, I don't know. There's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, it's all the things that I lack the patience for with Tao all wrapped up in one scene. I do love her rainbow umbrella though. Yes, yes, yes. No, my disdain for this scene has nothing to do with Elle. L can do no wrong. Yeah. And she's such a good friend. She's very patient and she listens and she really hears you when you talk to her. Yeah. Um, But Tao is finally realizing the error of his ways when it comes to sticking up to Harry. And Mm -hmm. she says the exact same thing that you said to me (laughs) when we were (laughs) recording. And I was like, I like that Tao is fighting back. And you were like, but it's only going to make them bigger targets. And I was like, I mean, fair. And then Elle is like, I'm like, okay, Alyssa. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I mean, the other thing is that Elle gets it in a way that Tao is never going to get it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And I think Tao is starting to realize that in this scene. He's like, oh, shit. I fucked way the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I also I, – I have a bone to pick with Tao. I have many bones to pick I'm with like, Tao. I'm like, when do you not have a bone to pick? <laughs> um, in Friend. <laughs> yes. Um, but only sort of. So – Tao says that Elle could have told a teacher when Harry was bullying her at Truen. And I'm like, number one, we know that the teachers were also targeting Elle. Mm -hmm. We know that some of them were transphobic for sure. And like disregarding that entirely. You're saying this to Elle. Have you told a teacher about what's happening with you and Harry and Charlie? Have Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. you done anything other than escalate the situation. Like, if you're really that concerned about Charlie, do the thing that you're saying that Elle should have done. Yeah. Like, make it make sense, Tao. Make it make sense. And then Elle, I have mixed feelings about Elle's choices. I know, I know, me too. Here's the thing that I'm... Let's talk about the scene and then I will say yeah, what then we'll, I have And then we'll say. tell our feelings. <laughs> yes. Elle says she's not surprised that Nick started a fight with Harry if he was being a dick to Charlie. And Tao finally puts two and two together that something might be going on. And like that's the line. That's that's the line that pulled you over. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't understand your logic here, sir. So he asks Elle, like, is there actually something going on between the two of them? And she has this like really conflicted look Mm -hmm. and then she says they're going out i feel like she does not want to tell him but she also can't lie to him at this point exactly if she she had lied he would have known 
Yeah. And so that's kind of like what she was grappling with. Like, how do I go about this situation? Because he's going to know either way. And it would have made it 10 times worse. Yeah, absolutely. And so then Tao asks, no, he like has this really confused face. He's like really confused. And then he asks who else knows. And Elle says, Isaac, Tara, Darcy. (laughs) Yeah. And, but that Charlie wanted to tell Tao himself. And like, on the one hand, I get the like frustration at not being told, but also you've been spending so much time like actively shitting on Nick to Charlie's face. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. making it really hard to tell you anything because yeah, like, yeah, he definitely did it to himself. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm conflicted about how I feel about L telling Tao because yes, on the one hand, like he's going to know immediately Mm-hmm. she's lying but also one it's not her place two mm-hmm. she's kind of betraying charlie in this mm-hmm. and two she's outing nick yeah it's it's a lot it's not good and okay so here's the thing because this is also a massive deviation from the comics it's one of the biggest ones and i i think i know why because i mean if you look at season one of Heartstopper it's a very like it could like obviously we all want more but it could exist as its own self-contained one season thing right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I think that the creators were very aware of the fact that Netflix sucks and often cancels shows without prejudice Uh so I think that from like the standpoint of Alice and like the producers and everyone behind the scenes, I think that it makes sense to make sure that Tao knows in before the season ends, because otherwise that's a massive loose end. And so from a kind of extra textual perspective, kind of thinking about the real world of like making TV, I get the choice to have this happen, but I think it, kind of feeds Tao's like self-pity in yeah. a way that I just find unpleasant and boring and annoying more than anything. Yeah. And like I get it, but I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And it also just puts L, it makes L look like a not good person for yeah. no reason. And I hate the way that he leaves this scene too. He just How leaves. He just leaves. And she's like, wait, wait. And he le- but also I get it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When I get overwhelmed, I have to remove myself from the situation. So I I do get it. I I think I would have taken the time to say, like, I'm not mad at you, but I just need to, like, I need to go process Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. Yeah. And he he also, he says that he's like, I feel so stupid. And there's a part of me that is like, you should feel stupid. Yeah, you are stupid. (laughs) My note says, uh, let me go back up. You, sir, are very dumb. (laughs) That is my (laughs) – that's what I wrote. Uh, This is after – that was my note after um, he asked, like, is is there actually something going on between Nick and Charlie? Yeah. Yeah, So then he storms off. Yeah, he storms off, leaving Elle sitting there upset. And uh, we cut to Charlie in his bed playing a very risky game. Yep. Never, ever, ever do your draft important messages in the actual message thread that is what the notes app is for (laughs) (laughs) you figure out what you're gonna say and then you paste it into the chat and send it because if you accidentally hit send you can't take it back charlie Mm -hmm. yeah 
my note says, trying to text Nick, his drafts make me too sad. They are. They're very sad. But I can't even, like, focus on the sadness of it because I'm so anxious Mm -hmm. about him accidentally (laughs) sending one. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. And then he sends, can we meet for lunch tomorrow? And Nick responds immediately. Yeah. Little baby. Yeah. And, like, he's just so innocent about it. And he looks like he wants the ground to swallow him whole. Yeah. He's like, fuck. Because... I mean, on subsequent watches, we know he's totally planning to break up with Nick. You can kind of start to deduce it, and it just hurts my soul. Like, uh, I've been thinking about rereading Nick and Charlie, and I literally can't bring myself to do it because the idea of the two of them, even temporarily breaking up, makes me It makes me so upset. The next scene Mm -hmm. is one of my favorites of the entire series. Okay. I love... Love, love this scene. Yes. So we see Tao. He's doing homework on his bed, looking upset, of course. <laughs> yeah. And we hear the doorbell ring. And we hear his mom say, Al, it's so nice he to see you. Books he panics. But what I specifically love about this part of the scene is that I love the camera work. I love mm-hmm. that we're close up to him and we like pan out while everything is happening. And then as soon as he hears Elle's name and he starts to panic, we zoom back into him. And yep. it's like, oh, it's so effective. I love it so mm-hmm. much. <laughs> and then he runs downstairs and I also just love the body language. Like he's very mm-hmm. rigid and he like is pulling on his sleeves and pulling on the hem of his shirt. Um, mm-hmm. And he's so awkward. Yeah. And I cackle every single time that his mom goes, uh, just leave the door open a little bit. Okay. And gives him a little wink. Yes. <laughs> I find it. Hilarious because of course she knows that Tao loves Elle before <laughs> Tao knows that Tao loves Elle. Yeah. But also, I'm wondering if she says this every time Elle visits, because we've seen them in his room like two or three times already mm-hmm, in the season. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, or did you just with the way that he just I think- zero to 60 back to zero did you just put two and two together and realize yeah. that <laughs> that's what i think i think yeah. this is her being like oh okay well leave your door open then yes and, and he's like oh like he gives her just the most like angsty teenage response yes. <laughs> which only confirms it <laughs> yes i wrote that tao is thoroughly embarrassed he is yeah Mm-hmm. And he says, what are you doing here? And this is another question I have. She mm-hmm. says, do you want to eat cookies and watch a film? Do they call them cookies or not? That's a good question. I feel I like thought I- it was biscuits. Me too. I never thought about that because I more get annoyed because then they cut to t- upstairs and they are not watching a film. No. <laughs> I feel like he was like, well, let- I have to finish this first. And okay, that's fair. Film. Yeah. He was like in the middle of it. Tao is working on his drawing and... Apparently, it's supposed to be a shoe, although Elle <laughs> thinks it's a potato. And he says that taking art GSE was a mis- GCSE was a mistake. And I have a wondering, mm-hmm. um, which maybe British people can help me with. Um, but so I'm wondering why he's – if he knows it's a mistake, why did he do it in the first place? Um, did he think it wouldn't be a bad thing? Did he – like I'm – but I also have a theory. 
I'm wondering if, because like he loves films, so I'm wondering if he thinks that Art GSCSE will help him with film school somehow. Oh, interesting. But this is where my like understanding of like GCSEs versus A levels kind of would make or break this theory because I'm wondering how important GCSE scores are compared to A levels when it comes to like uni admissions oh. and whether whether it would actually be helpful to be like getting into like a film school because film schools it's like very artsy like it might be right, an art yeah. school or it might be a BFA program and having the the GCSE would be or like maybe he thinks that it would be to his advantage yeah. but and that it just I don't know how those scores are are considered on one's transcripts in the UK when applying. Yeah, that's to a really university. good question. Mm-hmm. Really good question. If he if he thinks it'll help, like that that would be a very Tao choice, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but yeah. So L calls it a shoe potato, mm-hmm. or no, he calls no. it a shoe potato. Yes, L fixes it, and then he calls it a shoe potato. Says he'll cherish the shoe potato always. Adorable. Mm-hmm. And then he apologizes for, like, just storming off earlier. And he says that he thinks Charlie hasn't told him. So this is, like, a rare moment of self-awareness from Tao. I know. Right? Says he thinks Charlie hasn't told him because he's worried Tao will say something and accidentally out Nick to all his friends. And then he kills it. Yes. No, but the thing is, he kind of runs the risk of doing the same, that exact thing later in, at the end of this episode. Yeah. Because he yes. has that argument with Charlie right in front of nick and all his friends right Mm -hmm. yeah and then he immediately but then he has the self-awareness and then he starts whining about how charlie doesn't care about him anymore i'm like and you ruined it yeah it's so that's my note is like (laughs) it says i was starting to be like yes tal you're getting it you understand why he didn't tell you now go apologize and it'll be fine but no, he has to go on the rant about how Charlie cares more about Nick's feelings and how friendships don't matter once you're in a relationship. And it's like, <laughs> you were so close. You were so, so close. Yeah. Um, Elle tries to lighten the mood, which there, she had no way out of this conversation yeah. except to change the subject. Absolutely. So she tries to lighten the mood by saying that maybe he, Charlie's worried that Tao will force Nick to watch Darnie, Dar- Darnie Darko like you did with, the wretch- with us, which – Fair. Have you ever seen Donnie Darko? I have, yeah. It's one time weird. Once. <laughs> yeah. So Tao says it's a good movie. It's just complicated, which is also true. And then I have a little a little thing. So I said, but knowing Nick, he would not like Donnie Darko. No. And regardless, and regardless, if it's a movie that it, it's not a movie that you can have forced upon you. Like you need to you need to choose to watch Donnie Darko, yeah. Donnie Darko and you need to be ready to watch Donnie Darko. Um and like even beyond that I don't think that anyone should have any movies forced on them. Like I I still haven't watched John Wick because I had a shitty roommate in college who tried to force all of us to watch it and I don't like this person and I just I I actually jokingly the other day said I was like I think I'm finally ready to watch John Wick. I think <laughs> I'm finally over the bullshit that that guy did. <laughs> And I'm finally ready to watch John Wick. I'm giggling so hard because that's the same reason that I haven't watched The Witcher, the show, because someone that I don't 
enjoy is like super obsessed with it and would bring it up like constantly when it first came out. Like, have you watched it yet? Have you watched it? You have to watch it. And this is why. And I'm like, I will never watch that <laughs> only because yeah, I don't like you that much that I will oh avoid an entire series because I mm-hmm. don't want to give you the satisfaction of knowing that I watched it. <laughs> this guy literally hijacked the TV in our this was, no. I was living in an apartment. He, he was like, you guys have to watch this movie. It's so good. Hijacked the TV. I sat there for like 15 minutes and I was like, I am unhappy. And I just went to my room and presumably played video mm-hmm. games. I don't like that. Yeah. So he says, this is one part where my heart does soften a little bit when he says mm-hmm. like, he says like, I don't want to be alone or I don't know why I'm You're, afraid I'm of being alone. Yeah. yeah. I'm scared of being alone. And she kind of deflates a little bit. Like, she Mm -hmm. really feels the weight of that statement, obviously. And she's like, yeah, that's how I felt, too. But then, you know, I I realized that I have to put myself out there. Otherwise, I'm just going to be alone. Um, And I think that this is probably something that will stick in. I know that we don't see it in this episode, but I think this sticks in Tao's mind. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see next episode, mm-hmm. but he's a li- he's just too emotional this episode for any of the things that are being said to him to actually like process. Mm-hmm. Um, but she signs the drawing, yeah, Tao and L, and the look that we get from Tao is just—I mean, it's pure love. Yes, I'm like, how do you not know it yet? How are you the only person on the planet? Like your mother <laughs> even knows, dude. I think he knows a little bit. Oh, my God. I think that if he didn't know, he wouldn't have come down as flustered as he did earlier. Yeah. He maybe hasn't accepted it yet. Like, maybe he's just now starting to clock it. But I I think he knows a little bit, at least. Mm -hmm. Can we not talk about the last scene? I hate it. (laughs) My my note says, I, I have one, two, three, four notes about this. Three of them are in all caps. I have a full page left. Oh, well, here. Mine, this is all in all caps. This scene makes me so mad, I refuse to take notes. (laughs) (laughs) Charlie is being perfectly reasonable and you're being a dick, Tao. And then Charlie tries to break up with Nick but is interrupted by Tao fighting Harry. And then Tao says the exact right thing to completely destroy Charlie and then the episode ends. Yep. That yep. is the entirety of my notes on uh, the remaining minutes of the episode. It's also a perfect summary. <laughs> Good job. I was like, I am only writing enough to just orient me into like what actually happened so that I can remember. <laughs> but I, there, I, I'm so mad. Like I, yeah, there's, if, yeah, there's a lot of emotions in this last like yes. five minutes of the episode. Um, and there's also a lot of back and forth here. So yeah. we start out at the picnic table and Tao is outside by himself and he texts Charlie and says that Isaac has library library duty and he is alone and he's trying to see if Charlie will come eat lunch with him. And Charlie doesn't say no. He says, I'll be there in a bit. I promised Nick that I would meet him for lunch. Mm-hmm. And Tao just loses it. And he says, yeah. don't bother. We're barely friends anymore. And then he slams his phone down. Like, yeah. As hard and as I'm, he like, I'm like, dude. Yeah. He's, chill he, the fuck out. 
He he didn't even say I can't today. He said I'll be a few minutes. That's a yes. That's a yes. I'm coming. But just give me some time mm-hmm. because I have to do a thing for all like. I mean, we know like what is really supposed to happen, but for all, all that like Tao knows, all Charlie could be doing is being like, hey, Tao's by himself. Do you mind if we go or I go sit with Tao? Exactly. Like it literally could just be as simple as that. Yeah. And he it's he's literally says be there in a bit. Like he's coming. Yeah. It's it's And so this reaction is unwarranted. <laughs> it's yeah. And Charlie's face, he's fucking heartbroken. He's torn. Yeah. And he's trying to think about what to say. And he takes like a big gulp. And then Nick walks up and says hi and sits down. Mm-hmm. And we cut. And we're outside again with Tao. And Harry comes over once again and confronts Tao, sits down at his table and says, all right, mate, not in the mood for that fight then. Mm. And it's like, you want to say he's got this weird friend that's obsessed with me, but you won't leave him alone. Yeah. Tao never once instigates. Never. only reacts. Mm -hmm. It makes me so mad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and he says only if it's in the form of a board game or a cake eating contest, which is <laughs> top notch. Yeah. Um, and that kind of just confuses Harry. Like he almost looks confused for a second. <laughs> I think it would confuse ev- anybody. I think that is in fact the purpose of the statement is to <laughs> just confuse your opponent. <laughs> you just want to throw see- them off. Yeah, you could see his wheels turn in and he's like, how else can I get his attention? And then he smirks. There's like just a quick second of a smirk before he grabs the drawing and starts being an absolute little shit. It's like, oh, what's this? Oh, do- who's L? Did your girlfriend draw it? And he jumps up and walks away. And that pushes Tao over his limit. Um, he grabs his juice and follows him. And then he pushes Harry down and he dumps his juice in Harry's face. And says, I hate you. And I say, we all hate him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, me too. He, he deserved the punch earlier and he deserves the juice now. <laughs> yes. <sighs> and so he jumps up and says, you're going to regret that and gets up in his face. And this is another time I have to bring up the blooper reel uh, that they released because there was like so much juice in Corvac's <laughs> face that he's like, you're going to regret that. And then he's like. just like trying to breathe and they break out in laughter trying not to drown in juice (laughs) exactly um but so then we cut back to the cafeteria to -hmm. nick and charlie and charlie says so i was thinking about me and you and nick immediately tenses up i think he he knows kind of what's coming his face falls and it gets he gets really fidgety um and charlie says that All of Nick's problems are his fault. And he was thinking that maybe it would be better if we just. And Nick really looks like he's going to throw up and cry at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And Charlie also looks like he's going to have a breakdown like at any second. Neither one of them want this. And I hate that Charlie feels this responsible for Harry and Nick's rugby friends because like they make their own decisions and it's not his fault, but I also understand anxiety and the way that your brain can fucking trick you into believing these things. And so I think it is a very realistic 
like representation of what it feels like to be in that position with that kind of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but I fucking hate it. But yeah. thank God we're saved from it <laughs> by this little nosy kid <laughs> that comes in. <laughs> He's like, Harry's fighting some of your ten at the picnic tables, and they immediately know it's Tao. Both of them look at each other like, fuck, and they take off. And they run out there, and we're mid-fight at this point. And Tao gets some good swings in. I'm I'm impressed with, one, his ability to use his height mm-hmm. um, to, like, kind of shift the weight of the situation. Because Harry's obviously stronger, mm-hmm. but Tao's bigger in, like, length. And so he uses his length to be able to flip them over a lot i love that he uses his beanie to to <laughs> slap him in the face a couple of times yeah uh, <laughs> that's funny to me i don't love i don't love the fight choreography it's a little like <laughs> wimpy to me um it's tau though it is tau yeah that's that's eddie and i were watching it and eddie um went to school in at his school, there were a lot of fights. I'll put it that way. Okay. And he was like, don't you love – he was like, ah, yes, this fight between two high school boys where no one punches anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, like, there were fights at my school, but never once was there, like, a crowd like this being yeah, like, yeah, no. Yeah, like, no, almost – Everybody just, like, watches anxiously from the side. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the fact that no one before Nick and Charlie show up, like, tries to – pull them off of each other is peculiar because usually there's at least someone trying mm-hmm. or at least verbally trying yeah. if not physically mm-hmm. it's it is strange it's um, an interesting scene but yeah nick and charlie run up side by side and nick walks in and breaks it up mm-hmm. and harry obviously of course immediately turns and just starts trying to fight nick mm-hmm. um but then a teacher comes up and stops them and we cut to Tao and Charlie. Like off to not the side. 20 feet away. No, like to like four feet away. Yeah. Shouting at each other. <laughs> oh my God. And Tao, he like screams it. He's like, why didn't yeah. you tell me about you and Nick? And it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Shut like literally, up. Harry is right fucking there. And a ton of kids. Yeah. We don't know them. They could be just as bad or worse. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, okay. In his defense, <laughs> he is 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Hormones are raging. His best friend has kept a, a, like a secret relationship from him. And I I have had my best friend keep it a year-long relationship <sighs> away from me. And when oh. she did tell me, I felt like shit. Mm. And so... I don't know. And they and they stumbled all over his art project that he did with Elle yeah. and ruined it. I would That's cry the worst too. Part. Yeah. Ugh. Did you write down what Tao said? Because I couldn't and it breaks my heart. He says, this is all your fault. Just leave me alone. And he turns around and runs away. And then we're left with silence and Charlie's gasps. and Just panic attack. It- city it kills me yeah it hurts it hurts it hurts so bad and the episode ends and you're just like (laughs) where was our positivity this episode in the first two minutes yeah truly (laughs) literally all we get all of the only time that i'm happy in this episode 
is when Tori is talking to Charlie at the beginning of the episode. And even like them hugging in the parking lot and they're seen on the escalator. And then we see Ben and Harry and then it's just shit from there on out. Yep. Ugh. <sighs> so I think I know the answer, but <laughs> where did you fall on the scale this week? I So <clears throat> I'm struggling with this one because my rage, if it's the rage scale, we're at a billion out of time. <laughs> yeah. But like the heart stopper scale, I'm at like a one. Mm-hmm. My heart does not stop. Yeah. Unless we're talking about the near cardiac arrest from all of the anger, but I anger. don't think that that mm-hmm. counts. Yeah. I am right there with you. It's a one out of five for me. Yeah. Um, I think that there was a lot of potential in the beginning of the episode for it, but – and I like – I do catch myself like holding my breath and like squealing and stuff there in the movies and everything, but the overall negativity of the episode and the anger and sadness that come with it, it overpowers it and it's it, – I am – it's a one out of five for me. Yeah. You're lucky I didn't give it a negative. <laughs> yeah, if I had known that that was an option. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we can go – past five in past episodes yeah I think we can go below one yeah that's true i I, honestly though i think a one is fine like because there are like little things but yeah so what was your what was your quote i don't know like i don't have things in this episode that like give me the feelings i have okay so all right can just the line delivery of Tori saying called it, can that count? Yes. That's yes, my favorite can. part. That's it. Yeah. Hell it's yeah. Tori saying called it. <laughs> yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah. And I yeah, love okay. like, yeah, her breath, like the whole interaction right there. When yeah. She's just like giddy. It's the performance that makes it. Because uh-huh. like, because I think that's my thing is like, I feel like a lot of the time my like gut instinct with the quote is that like just the words on paper need to be good (laughs) i'm like there's nothing exciting about called it but just the performance Mm -hmm. of it just makes it so great yeah i always take the performance into consideration yeah yeah so i think that's yeah that's fair um i've already talked about mine but mine is nick saying but you shouldn't have to be people shouldn't be saying stuff about you in the first place and you shouldn't have to put up with anything like that yeah one just because that's like exactly what I was feeling in the moment the first time I mm-hmm. watched that scene. And two, because it's fucking true. It is. So that is everything that we have for this episode. And of course, this is a bi-weekly podcast by two bisexuals. So we will be back in two weeks to talk about the finale <laughs> episode eight, Boyfriend Get Excited. Hell yeah. If you want to follow us online, we are at Why Are We Cast on all platforms. And if you like this podcast, please consider rating and reviewing us. It really helps others find us. I also recently started up a Discord server. Hmm. So the link to join that will be in the show notes. And until next time, bye. Bye.